Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? We're doing amazing in studio. Just got back from uh, vacation and um, feeling good. You know, rest is a great thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a hustler, so I like to rest. I like to work. Um, and I like what I do. However, man, when you could get away um, and just refresh and renew your mind, uh, my goodness, it just changes everything. Um, way to go, God, for um, putting one day of rest in our week, giving us a Sabbath. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> he really knew what he was doing there, didn't he? Uh, everybody out there. Okay, I'll stop rambling. I want to let you guys know, guess what? We are releasing. And I say we because it takes a village over here. But I wrote a book called Gangster Prayer. It almost killed me. <laughs> I actually was writing this book when I was releasing I Am Rahab. Okay, so here I am like releasing a book last year, August 21st. We're not even to the year mark, y'all. This is like 11 months ago. I was releasing another book and writing a book at the same time. And I mean, maybe professional authors do this and they're like, that's no big deal, Autumn. Like, why are you belly aching? It almost killed me, you guys. It totally did. I'm just being real with you. Like this writing is no joke. Those that say I want to I want to write a book. Um I mean, I'm praying for you now because it is so incredibly difficult to do. However, some of the most rewarding moments um ever can come when we're crushed, right? Because we see our weakness is so real and the power of God truly does take over. Um, when we are weak, this book, I know it was because it's about prayer and Satan does not want us to pray will be released, uh, July 16th, which is next week. And we will be doing an entire week of shows about prayer alone. Um, it's very interesting. I had one of my team members come to me because on July 16th, I will be going live on my Facebook page and we will be doing two hours of nothing but prayer. I had a book party for my book, appointed a book party for I Am Rahab. And um, I don't like parties for myself. And I'm like, I'm not throwing myself another party to congratulate myself. You know, I, I just, I can't, I don't like that stuff. So rather than doing that, we on the night of a release are going to have two hours of straight prayer where we are going to have members of my team, dear, dear friends of mine, that have found victory in their life in a particular area, pray over those that are asking God for the same thing. For instance, infertility. I've got someone praying for that. They they struggled for 15 years and God gave them twins. Okay. So, um, you know, people who, who, who have struggled in their marriage and God, God's given them favor 
and um, healed their marriage. People that have struggled with addiction, but they've come through it and they're on the other side of it. We'll be praying for those of you that are struggling with addiction. So meet me July 16th on my Facebook page. And I mean, we're going to go old school, y'all. You'll see in my book how frustrated I am that prayer has been slowly etched out of churches is not talked about as much as it should be or even exercised. Um, I just really feel like God is calling our world, our country, our nation to our knees. He's calling us to our knees, not to social media, to our knees. And um, so... Join me next week as we will be um, really talking all about prayer. I got a word for you guys today. Love it. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. And actually, a lot of my own personal promises have been confirmed through variations of this text. Okay. Um, This is for you who you feel like um, you are past your prime. Okay. Maybe you had a dream when you were six. Uh, I got a 13 year old daughter. She is a dreamer y'all. Uh, she like, she'll, she, she wants to be a, she wanted to be a professional ice skater at one point. Um, she wanted to be a police woman at one point. Uh, she wants to be an actress. She wants to be a soloist. She, um, wants to be a writer she wants to be an artist. And I mean, homegirl's a dreamer. And that's what we love about her. Her mind is so alive. And I can see just this the creative God at work in her. It's amazing. Um, but a lot of us have had dreams when we were younger. And when we get to a certain age, all of a sudden we are fed the lie. Wow, you're too old for that. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Um, and I, I guess I'm, I'm not old. I'm certainly not old. I'm 38. Um, I don't feel like that's old. Cassie, do you think that's old? Okay. She's 21. So, you know, she's like probably lying. Um, but, but I do feel like 38 is not old. I know a lot of you guys are listening and you're like, I'm 57. Would you just, you turn off the radio. You're so mad at me right now. But you know, like when your body starts to creak a little bit and like my neck and I'll tell my kids, Oh, I can't pick you up Moses. Cause you weigh 75 pounds and mommy's back hurts. You know, 10 years ago, I could have picked him up, slung him around. You know, we, I, I could have done the thing. I could have gotten the dirt and I wouldn't have been totally sore the next day. You guys, I went swimming in the pool on vacation and the next day I was sore. Like I just felt old. You shouldn't be sore after you swim, but I guess that's just kind of what happens to you. So in my, you know, elderliness at 38 years old, um, I I have kind of some things in my life. I have allowed Satan or evil or even myself and my flesh to tell me why you're too old for that. You're too old for that. You can't do that anymore, right? You can't do that anymore. We were walking around Dollywood in um, the mountains. And, you know, my 13 and 10-year-old are like running way ahead of me. And my four-year-olds are like, you know, climbing on me. And I'm like, you guys, I just got to sit down. You know, and I sat down by an elderly old man. And I just kind of felt comforted because I looked at him. And we just kind of, you know, knew that we needed to sit down, right? Because I didn't feel like I could walk around the whole day. Anyone feeling like that out there today? Um, in In the instance of dreams, has God given you a dream maybe in your heart and you've bought the lie that you're too old? It's just not gonna happen anymore. I'm just kind of past my prime. 
Or maybe even this, I'm too old and I'm too tired to do that. I don't have the will to do that. And yet, this thing that God has deposited in your heart, maybe even 20 years ago, God still fully intends on doing, but he needs you to not buy the lie that you're too old. You're past your prime. It should have happened by now, but it didn't happen by now. I think this is happening a lot. Satan will come in in our minds and he will um, take up a residence there and, you know, he'll move in. He'll put his bed in the bedroom of our mind. He'll put, he'll put his couch. He'll, he'll set up his big screen TV. And before you know it, everything that he is feeding you, you begin to believe. And when you begin to believe that and you stop believing in God and you start believing in these excuses, then you do forfeit what God would want to do for you. This is the same uh, that happened with, you know, our homegirl, Sarah. Genesis 18, I'm going to read the text to you. I know all you guys that go to church every Sunday, you know this, but let this resonate in your heart in a fresh way. On the way to the studio today, um, I looked out and I saw a road sign that said fresh oil. Never seen that road sign ever. Even in my old age, guys, I've never seen it ever. And I looked at it and I just thought to myself and made a big deal. My, my sister's in the car and my daughter's in the car and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is our word for today. Fresh, fresh oil. May this be fresh oil on your rusted mind that you need to pump in there and get it working again and get believing again because until you have gone to glory, you are not too old. I'm going to start with Genesis 18, 1. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he looked up, his eyes looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, that we're talking about Abraham here, he ran to the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, my Lord, if now I found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh. That's the word. Refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried up into the tent. Hang with me. It's the word of God. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it and make it bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Now, I want to just point out here something for you guys. These were three men, two of them probably angels, and one of them potentially the Lord himself. Okay. Um, I am inclined to believe it was the Lord himself. This was a big promise that he was getting ready to deliver. Um, and theologians disagree, but uh, that, that, that's, that's kind of where I sit with this. Verse 9 says this. 
Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, there in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. Believe it or not, they were older than 38, you guys. They were old. She was so past her prime, it wasn't even funny, okay? She would have had great, great, possibly great, great, great grandchildren at this point. Homegirl was old, okay? However, it did not mean that God was not going to do what he told them in their younger years he was going to do. He was still on target. His faithfulness was still intact. He still had purpose to make this thing happen. He was there. He showed up. The time was now. And it caught her off guard. Isn't it funny how sometimes God will come in and he'll say, um, hey, guess what? The time's now. But it just seems like an awkward time. What? I'm old. What? I'm busy. What? I have four kids. You want me to write two books in one year? What? That's crazy. What? 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 God, what are you talking about? Can't you not come in a more organized time for my life? Couldn't you have come 10 years ago when I had a fresher womb and a fresher little, little house for baby Isaac to be born? born in. No, God's timing is perfect. If God would have come 10, 20 years earlier, 30, 40 years earlier to Sarah with her little fresh womb, guess what? He would not have been able to get 100% of the glory because I don't know if you've heard, it's kind of easy in some cases to get pregnant when you're young. He came in and he wanted to show those of you out there today that are in their internal track, a talk track with Satan on the couch, eating hot butter popcorn, watching Netflix. And he's telling you, you're too old. Don't do it. You're too old. <coughs> Don't believe anymore. You're too old. It's not you are past your prime. This story is in the Bible for you. What has God told you to do? What did he tell you he was going to do through you? I don't care if you are 97 years old. If that thing has not happened yet, it's time for you to oil your mind and get the rest off it. Shake it off. Take it through the car wash. And I want you to start believing and watching for it again. Sarah was listening in the doorway. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed at herself, saying, After I become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I'm old? Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. I gotta be honest with you, not super um, jealous of Sarah carrying a baby when she's more mature, um, carrying my kids 
was very difficult. Uh, it was one of the reasons why we ad- we adopted. I believe God put that desire in my heart because pregnancy was incredibly difficult for me. Almost died with my baby Grace, um, but we didn't. Praise the Lord. He saved my life and he saved her life. We, we almost didn't make it, though. <clears throat> um, and here, here, here I look. And I understand Sarah's standpoint. I understand her frustration. I understand her confusion. I understand her wondering. I understand her laughter. Because it almost seems stupid. Seems ridiculous. It seems so far-fetched. The unbelief is real. And it's not just unbelief. Now it's a certain fact. She cannot bear children. She is too old. And yet, that human standpoint does not even falter the faithfulness of the Lord. Is anything too difficult? Is anything too difficult? I want you, as you're listening long today, whether it's a podcast or whether it's live on radio today, I want you to ask yourself as you look at your situation, is anything Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is anything? That desire that he's put in your heart today, um, and maybe it was even 20 years ago that he put that dream or desire in your life. Let me tell you, you may not be past your prime. You may be right at the appointed time. Appointed time. God doesn't look at the barriers of our human bodies or even our mind or even our doubt. He is not swayed nor delayed by any of the temporal constructs that we have and we operate in. He blasts the impossible wide open when he intersects himself into a situation. So what is it? I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to come to the end of my life and think, man, I should have done more. I should have followed through. I should have not listened to that internal talk track. I should have, I should have acted on what God said. I should have been waiting expectantly. And that's just a decision that I, that I made uh, a lot of years ago. You know, it doesn't mean I don't struggle. Certainly. It doesn't mean I don't doubt. Certainly. But when my God changed my life, I decided. The God that I met that night, I know he's real. And if he's real, I'm going to choose to believe what he says about himself. Because if he's real then his word is true. I feel just along with the release of gangster prayer, um, I feel just the impossibility. um, I have a heart for those that are looking at impossible situations, I guess. You know, when I was a kid, you know, my kids are like get straight A's and they're in um, National Honor Society. And we went to Grace's, uh, uh, 
reward ceremony. And I mean, I was like screaming because you got like 17 awards. I mean, apparently we're raising geniuses, guys. We didn't even know it. But that wasn't me. Never. My parents never got an invitation to award ceremony because I just didn't get any awards except for most loudest. I just, that just wasn't me. So when I looked at my life, I thought for sure, well, writing um, is just not in my future. It would be an impossibility for me to do so. Certainly writing two books in one year, absolute impossibility. Um, No way in the world. God, choose someone that's smarter. Choose someone that knows phonics. Choose someone that knows where to put a comma. Choose somebody else. Because I know it's impossible for me and I know you're not going to use me in that way. So I'm going to focus on talking because I'm really good at that. But you know what I noticed? All those people in my life that were good at phonics and that were good at grammar and that knows where to put a comma. They weren't offered to write two books in one year. I realized that God would get a whole lot of glory from me. because it truly was an impossibility for me without his strength and his guidance and his grace. And I want you to know, as you look at your situation today, and as you look at uh, just the things that you think constrict you, the things that you think hold you back, maybe it's finances. uh, Maybe it's, you know, you wanting a baby at an older age. Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, you're 60 years old and you've never been married. I, I don't I don't know what it is today, but this is what I know. If God said it, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to expect it. I'm not going to let Satan tell me anything other than what God said. And most of the time in uh, not most of the time, I just misspoke all of the time when we are weak, he is strong for us. Those of you that are struggling today, I want to just pray over you guys. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to, let's just pray. So Lord, that fresh oil sign uh, really did bring um, a peace to my heart this morning. I'm so thankful that you're so personal. So thankful that your word is true. We don't believe in nothing, God. We have something. We have a guideline. What a gift. What a privilege it is to follow the guidelines of Scripture. What a privilege it is to know your heart because we can read what your word says. God, I pray for that one person that is listening along today and they have bought the lie. Hook, line, and sinker. They are too far gone. It is just not going to happen for them. They've settled for the possible. And they're not believing for the impossible things in their life. Lord, I pray that your spirit, even as I'm speaking, Lord, would refresh and renew and revitalize their hope. I pray, Lord, as, as, um, Lord, I just, I just see a spoon, Lord, stirring up, stirring up my coffee in the morning, 
so stale and stagnant. Put the sweetener in, the creamer in, stir it up. Lord, I pray that your spirit is just like that in them today. You're stirring them up. You're telling them this. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? They know the answer. So God, I pray for the courage to believe. I pray, Lord, that they would disassemble and remove maybe the lies that have kept them hindered for so long. If you said it, I pray that even though it may be a discipline of believing, I pray, Lord, that tomorrow they would get up and choose to believe, to expect it. I pray that the next day they would get up and choose to believe, to expect it. I pray that they would create a routine of expectation from you, Lord, not settling and a mountain of doubt and unbelief in their mind. I thank you for the hope of your word. And God, I thank you that your word, you promised your word will not return void to you and it will accomplish every purpose that you have released it for. We love you. We trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. Felt really heavy for you today. Um, My team will be praying for you. Um, I'll see you next time right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening. And join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.